0: The Incremental Anti-Diet Solution for Effective Permanent Weight Loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton, and today we are talking about alcohol. Alcohol and fat loss. If you can enjoy both at the same time, we'll be talking about some facts you might not be aware of. And we'll be going through strategies for how you can enjoy alcohol without throwing away your fat loss goals. And I hear all the time from people I coach and from many of you in general that reach out to me via email or on the Facebook page. And what I'm hearing is that a lot of people tend to get into trouble when they drink. And I'm not talking arrested kind of trouble, but just not great food choices, right? And it makes sense, but people feel like, well, if I'm gonna lose weight, then I can never drink because once I start drinking, then I make bad food choices and a bad night turns into a bad weekend, turns into being off track for a week or more. So a lot of people wanna know, you know, can I drink, is there a way to still enjoy alcohol in social settings, how much, how often, is it possible to reach your fat loss goals while still enjoying beer or wine or liquor? We are gonna dive right in, establish some basic facts, and then like we always do, we are gonna go through practical implementation strategies that you can put into place right away to make sure that you are making progress towards your goals. Let's start with some fundamentals. Now, we've talked on previous episodes about the energy density of different types of foods. And when I use the term energy density, I'm talking about how much energy a type of food provides to our body. And that energy potential is measured via calories. We we tend to have the wrong impression about calories and I don't want to go off on a tangent on that because I did a whole episode on calories versus hormones and what calories really mean, but we don't really understand what calories truly measure. Calories are the energy currency of our bodies, right? Carbohydrates and proteins deliver four calories for every one gram. So 20 grams of pure protein is going to deliver 80 calories, four calories for every one gram. Fat has a higher energy density, and that's why a lot of people tend to stay away from it, because they're like, oh, fat has so many more calories. Well, yeah, it does, but it also means that fat delivers a lot more energy per gram. One gram of fat has more than twice as much energy potential as compared to a gram of carb or a gram of protein. Fat provides the body with nine calories for every gram. So protein and carbohydrate, they both deliver four calories per gram. Fat delivers nine calories per gram and alcohol falls in the middle. A gram of alcohol delivers seven calories per gram. But We can look at the energy density of fat and think, well, that's a really good thing because we're getting big bang for our buck. But the difference with alcohol is it's energy dense, right? It provides more energy per gram than carbohydrate or protein, but it has no nutritive value. It has no nutritive value. When you think about it, fat, protein, and carbs, they have other qualities, right? They deliver vitamins or minerals, but alcohol, not so much, calories only. So from that standpoint, we could easily exceed our body's daily calorie requirements by overindulging in alcohol on a regular basis. And I wanna emphasize, like I always do, that calories are not king when it comes to fat loss, but they do matter. You do need to create a calorie deficit in order to lose weight. You have to be consuming fewer calories than your body needs to operate, but you need to remember this part. This is a big, big but. A calorie deficit alone does not guarantee fat loss, right? We're after fat loss, and we've talked about this in detail in previous episodes that I'll link to on the show notes page at primalpotential.com, but a mere calorie deficit, so if we just focus on this calorie deficit, we're slowing our metabolism, and we can even be triggering our body to break down precious muscle tissue, Burning fat requires a calorie deficit and hormonal balance because our hormones are what instruct our body to burn fat or not. So alcohol can be an issue because it can quickly and easily lead us to exceeding our body's calorie requirements just because alcohol is very energy dense. It's delivering seven calories for every gram. From an overall health standpoint and I and we could go on for hours and hours about alcohol from a health standpoint I really do want to keep the focus on fat loss here but it goes without saying it's important to to note here that not only does alcohol not contain any nutrients of its own really I mean red wine it can be an exception because there can be some phytonutrients we're talking vitamins and minerals right? Alcohol can impair your body's ability to absorb the nutrients that you need from food, right? So, alcohol can actually block the absorption of the nutrients that you're eating in your food. Plus, alcohol can really irritate the GI tract, your gastrointestinal tract, and damage your body to absorb, impair your body's ability to absorb these vitamins and minerals. So, if you have GI issues, or if you have any type of nutrient deficiency, then drinking is really only going to make that worse. And we know from previous episodes on the show that certain hormonal imbalances can be caused or made worse by nutrient deficiencies. So, regular alcohol consumption because it impairs our ability to absorb nutrients can make these hormonal imbalances even greater and we we understand by now how important hormonal balance is in fat loss overall. Another real obvious challenge with alcohol consumption and I think this is where most people get into trouble this is certainly where I get the most questions and comments is that alcohol lowers your inhibitions, right? The pizza, the nachos, the brownies, they seem like a much better idea when you're a few drinks into the night than when you're stolen cold sober. You might be thinking, I'm gonna have a nice healthy dinner and enjoy a couple glasses of wine, no big deal. But after that second glass of wine, you're saying, Sure, why not when they bring the dessert menu around, right? Here's what we need to understand alcohol affects your higher processing areas of the brain, right? Like your cerebral cortex. And that Makes you more emotional than you would normally be, and it lowers your inhibitions. So when we are introducing alcohol into the equation, we are impairing our ability to make good food choices about anything, and that includes. Food. And I think most of us have experienced that before, right? Anybody that's had alcohol at any point in their life has probably experienced the fact that it lowers your inhibitions. It impairs your ability to make good choices. So if you're somebody who's really struggling with self-discipline or willpower, you might be better served to just take a temporary hiatus from the booze for a little while while you master self-control and self-discipline sober, And then if you want to complicate things and really test your resolve, you can introduce alcohol later down the line when you have a little bit more of that self-control muscle mastered. Let's dive into some of the lesser known facts about alcohol consumption. We've covered a couple of the obvious things, but I want to look at metabolism of alcohol so we can see how it impacts our ability to burn fat. And from here, you know, you can make your own decisions. If, if you really want to enjoy the glass of wine or the liquor or whatever it is, do it. But I think it's important to understand what's happening in your body. First and foremost, alcohol metabolism takes priority. So when you drink alcohol, that immediately takes metabolic priority, your body responds immediately by moving alcohol to the front of the line. It doesn't matter what else is in your system or what else your body is doing. If the alcohol is not immediately metabolized and excreted, it can become toxic. So it doesn't matter if you were in fat burning mode beforehand, right? Once you start drinking, you're not. It doesn't matter if your body was very efficiently metabolizing that pizza you just ate. It's not now. Everything is put on hold to prioritize alcohol metabolism. So what this means is when you start drinking, your body stops using stored fat for energy. Your body stops using carbs for energy. Your body stops using anything for energy except that alcohol you just drank because it needs to clear it from the system. So why is this important? Think about it this way. Let's say you head out for dinner with your friends and you've had a pretty healthy day overall. You had a good solid breakfast, good solid lunch, got in a quick workout. You sit down to have some pasta or some steak or whatever you want to have for dinner and your body starts using that for fuel. You have introduced fuel and your body says, all right, great. I don't need to tap into stored body fat because Elizabeth just had a meal giving us some fuel. We're going to start using it. You're burning through that meal and you're not storing it as body fat because your body is actively using it for energy. Then you start drinking. You've just changed your body's metabolic priorities. Alcohol first. That steak or that pasta or whatever else you ate now has a much higher likelihood of being stored as fat because your body is going to first address its energy needs with that alcohol because it takes metabolic priority. Anything extra that your body doesn't need as fuel Goes to storage, and when you're drinking, there is a higher chance that that's going to be stored as fat. The more you drink, the more that's compounded, of course. Another thing to consider, most of us know that alcohol is metabolized by the liver, And in order to metabolize the alcohol, your liver has to use other raw materials in your body that help out with this metabolic process. These are things like your B vitamins, vitamin C, and even some really important fat-soluble vitamins like A and E. Now, those vitamins serve a very important role in lots of other processes in our body, right? Energy, immunity, metabolism. So if we're drinking regularly, we run the risk of depleting those valuable vitamins so that they aren't around to do what we need to do. So this can leave you feeling tired, less motivated, having an impaired immune system. And the depletion of these vitamins is a big part of why we experience a hangover or the groggy feeling, the foggy feeling the day after we drank. One other thing that I wanna touch on briefly, and we have not yet talked uh, much about the importance of healthy gut bacteria. That's a whole show in and of itself that I definitely plan on getting to. But we can summarize it by saying that bacterial balance, having more overall good bacteria than you have bad bacteria in your body is absolutely critical for overall health and for fat loss. And this is how it relates to alcohol. Just one drink per day can lead to uh, bacterial overgrowth in your small intestine, okay? One drink, just one drink can lead to bacterial overgrowth in your small intestine. Well, why do I care about that? Excuse me. Some of the symptoms of bacterial overgrowth in your small intestine are being tired, having diarrhea or being constipated, depression, headaches, food cravings, food cravings, bloating, and kind of discomfort in the GI tract in general. So this is something that can happen very, very early on when you're drinking alcohol. So if you are somebody who is chronically tired or chronically constipated or having mood swings or headaches or lots of food cravings, there is no doubt that this can be tied. I'm not saying it certainly is, but it absolutely could be tied to your alcohol consumption. And let's just talk about alcohol and sleep for one second. If you're one of those people who argues that alcohol can help you sleep, I'm going to have to challenge you on that. You might fall asleep more easily, but alcohol can actually prevent you from getting into those deeper stages of sleep that are what you really need in order to heal and recover and get the restorative benefits of those deep stages of sleep. Here's why. As you drink, your brain starts to use up more and more of a neurotransmitter called GABA, G-A-B-A. And GABA is what allows you to stay asleep. So your brain is using up this GABA when you're drinking. You might fall asleep, but you're more likely to not get into those deep stages of sleep, or you're more likely to wake up a lot throughout the night. The other thing to keep in mind is Your GABA receptors, this neurotransmitter that your body uses up when you start drinking, they kind of become less sensitive to the presence of alcohol, and that means you have to drink more and more to get the feel-good effects that most people get when they have a drink or two drinks or three drinks, and that's what's largely responsible for people saying, oh, I've built up a tolerance, right? It's actually not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all uh, any more than insulin resistance is a good thing because, this, this neurotransmitter is kind of immune to the effects of alcohol. And so you're not going to get that sensation. It's going to require more and more alcohol. And then you're just compounding all the other effects that we've been talking about. I realize that I would be remiss to not mention that there are proven benefits of alcohol consumption in moderation, things like red wine. There's no arguing that there have been studies done to show that certain types of alcohol in moderation have cardioprotective effects in men and women. But here's the question, and this is very, very individual. So understand that I am challenging you to do some real thinking here, okay? I'm not making generalizations for every individual because every individual is going to be different. But think about these things for you. For you. Do the risks or the challenges of drinking outweigh the benefits? And for you, that might be a different answer than for me or for your neighbor, or for your spouse or whoever else. If you are somebody who justifies your wine consumption, for example, by saying, oh, it's helping my heart and it's delivering antioxidants, let me ask this. Does it lead you to overeating? Does it lead you to trashing your clean eating routine for a night or a weekend? If it does, then I'd say the antioxidants you're getting from the wine probably aren't worth it. You'd probably be better served to take a multivitamin or eat more fruits and vegetables. You have to look at your unique cost-benefit situation, and there's no judgment. There's no judgment. This whole thing, this whole conversation of fat loss in general and hormone balance in general and the right foods and the wrong foods. It is so, so, so individual. That's why I call this the anti-diet solution. There's no one set of rules that I'm going to say, this is the way to go. And it's the only way and follow these rules. And that's, what's going to work for you. You have to honestly evaluate how alcohol makes you feel, how alcohol makes you act. Does it impair your sleep? Do you have challenges with impulse control when you drink? Does it lead you to overeating or do you have trouble stopping at just one or two drinks? How do you feel the next day? Do you feel foggy? Does it lead to increased hunger and cravings the next day? How does it impact your energy levels? And I'm also going to challenge you to do this. Before you commit to changing, before you say, I'm going to stop drinking or I'm going to keep drinking or I'm going to cut back, focus on awareness for a couple of weeks. And here's why I say that. A lot of times our behaviors and our reactions in when we're drinking or even in the following days are so subconscious that we either aren't aware of them or we haven't put together that they might be related to the alcohol. Right? So, if you wake up the next day and you have a headache, you might go, Oh, yeah, that's from the alcohol. But if you notice excessive cravings for the next three days, you might not tie that to your alcohol consumption. So, I'm going to challenge you to be very, very aware of how you're feeling before you make any type of decision. So, make a conscious effort to pay attention to things like your impulse control when you're drinking. If drinking impacts your food choices, Does drinking impact your exercise performance in the days afterwards? Does your endurance suffer? Does your strength suffer? What impact does drinking have on your energy levels the next day or two days later? What about your sleep, your ability to focus, your motivation, or your mindset? Sometimes these subtle shifts will change and we'll be like, "Why am I in a funk and we've never tied it together?" That might not happen for you, but it might, And the only way to know your true response is to start paying close attention. Do you get bloated after you drink? Do you notice water retention? Do you notice that maybe your pants aren't fitting or your rings aren't fitting as like they normally do? Do you crave more sweets? When you're drinking or in the days afterwards, this awareness is going to really help you figure out the right path for you. All right. And I know it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. I mean, once you're aware, then what, or I don't want to change. It's a big part of my social life. Or, you know, I brew beer as a hobby, or I love going to wineries with my spouse or whatever it is. I'm not saying cut out the alcohol, I'm just saying understand what it does for you. And even if you decide not to make a change, just knowing I can probably anticipate some excess hunger tomorrow, or I can probably anticipate some additional cravings so that when you're hit with the cravings the day after you've been drinking, you can go, yeah, I totally know what this is. This is from the alcohol. I'm going to ride it out. Or this is the strategy that I've decided on ahead of time. I'm going to I'm going to try and have this natural sweet instead of diving into a bag of cookies. It allows you to be prepared and to respond intelligently. Now let's go into some practical implementation strategies, some success strategies if you are going to drink, and hey, I I love red wine. That's that's something I enjoy on occasion, not regularly, but I like to know that I can do it in a way that is gonna minimize the physical damage to the fat-burning process, right? And also the emotional damage of any mood swings or compensatory cravings or anything like that. One rule that. I personally use and I recommend to my clients and I think is just a good kind of standard way to approach drinking. If you are going to drink, right, choose carbohydrates or alcohol. And the reason I say carbs and alcohol and not fat and alcohol or protein and alcohol, protein and fat are going to help keep you satisfied. They're going to silence your hunger. They're going to give you a high amount of energy. They're going to reduce cravings. Carbs and alcohol are similar in that they are that rapid metabolic fuel, right? They kind of give you that quick burst, they burn really hot and fast in that metabolic furnace and then they sizzle out. So when we know that alcohol gets metabolic priority, we're setting ourselves up for those carbs to be more likely to spill over into fat storage. And I talk all about that spillover effect in an episode that I did solely on carb spillover. I'll link to that in the show notes page on primalpotential.com. But if you choose carbs or alcohol, this is going to impact the fat storing potential of your drinking or of your carb consumption. So if you're going to do the wine or beer, skip the pizza, skip the pasta, skip the fries, skip the dessert, have a great steak, have some good veggies, um, You know, just stay away from the carbs, from fruit, from dairy, from all those things if you're going to indulge in the alcohol. Now, if you're not gonna indulge in the alcohol, then go ahead. If you're out, you know, enjoy some dessert, enjoy something from the bread basket. But just making the decision to do one or the other but not both is gonna go a long way. When you're looking at beer, keep in mind that lots of beers are commonly produced from wheat, And most beers are going to be pretty high in both gluten and sugars. All right. So beer can really significantly impact your blood sugar levels. And remember that managing your blood sugar is a major part of staying in fat burning mode and staying out of fat storing mode. So if you're going to choose beer, you know, choose carefully. There are some gluten-free beers out there. If you choose the gluten-free beers, you're probably going to notice a lot less of the bloating or the GI irritation than if you choose a beer that has gluten. For me personally, um, I have found that I control my blood sugar best with either clear liquor or rich red wines, okay? So, talking, you know, your deeper reds, not your white wines, not your dessert wines, not your sweeter reds, those are going to have the lesser impact on your blood sugar, which is going to support uh your energy levels. It's not going to trigger those crazy cravings as much, and it's going to not send your hunger on these wild swings, right? When it comes to liquor, I mentioned clear. Definitely stay away from the darker liquors for best results because they are higher in sugar. And watch out for those mixed drinks, right? They're usually loaded with soda, with juice, and that's just sending the sugar count through the roof. That's triggering a bigger insulin release, and that is keeping you out of fat-burning mode for longer. So if you're going to do the liquor, obviously, you know, don't overdo it, Uh, but you can do it with soda water, you can do it with diet sodas, or you can do it with fruit instead of fruit juices, right? But avoid those pre-made mixed drinks that are just massive, massive, massive sugar bombs. Because remember, then you're kind of breaking that carbs or alcohol rule. If you think, oh, I'm gonna skip the bread basket and I'm just gonna drink, you know, margaritas all night, no, 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 that's not the way it works. Those mixed drinks, unless you request otherwise, are often very, very, very high in sugar. So keep it simple. Recognize that it is taking metabolic priority to metabolize the alcohol, right? Don't kind of have these grand illusions that you are staying in fat-burning mode and staying on track because you've just had one or two drinks. But remember also that all things in moderation. It doesn't keep you out of fat-burning mode forever, but only until the job is done. And lastly, drink a lot of water Drink a lot of water when you are drinking alcohol because that is going to help to support uh, the metabolism and breakdown of the byproducts of alcohol metabolism that are otherwise toxic if they aren't excreted from your system. The bottom line here is, you know, you can enjoy your alcohol, but do so intelligently. Do so understanding what's happening in your body, understanding the trade-offs metabolically that are happening, and Do it moderately in a way that you don't have to go crazy and have pizza, pasta, dessert, and alcohol the same night. Make some trade-offs. Does your enjoyment of the evening change that much if you go totally overboard versus having a couple of select indulgences? You can enjoy alcohol without using alcohol, right? And I don't mean without drinking it. I mean, without using it to handle emotions without using it as an association with pleasure or pain. Enjoy it for what it is, but don't make it more than it is. We're never looking for total deprivation. We're never looking for hardcore perfection. We are looking for a lifestyle. And for many people, a healthy, balanced lifestyle includes enjoying some drinks on occasion, but it doesn't mean using alcohol for excessive pleasure, using alcohol to escape pain, or going totally overboard and throwing away all your inhibitions and going bananas every Friday night and then waking up on Monday morning thinking you have to get back on track. So there are good ways to do it and there are not so good ways to do it. But remember, make strategic choices But before you change anything, start to be aware. I want you to not be uncertain. If I were to run into you on the street and you were to say something about this episode, I would wanna know that you had really thought through how alcohol impacts you. I want you to know for sure What alcohol does to your energy levels, what alcohol does to your ability to sleep, what alcohol does to your motivation, to your hunger, to your cravings. You should know these things, right? Just like you should know how sugar makes you feel, right? When we know how something makes us feel, we instinctively make more educated, better choices. So the first step is awareness. Start to pay attention to things you might have overlooked and start to make connections. Spend some time the next time you drink, whether it's a glass of wine or a couple of beers, whatever, how does it impact your mood? How does it impact your energy? How does it impact your cravings? Do you feel bloated afterwards? Awareness first, and then you can go towards implementing some of those success strategies. So I hope this was helpful. You can find more information over on the show notes page at primalpotential.com. Search the keyword alcohol and the show notes will pop right up. Guys, I want to make this year your best year ever, your healthiest year ever, the year that you reach all of your fat loss goals and then some. So reach out to me on the Primal Potential Fat Loss Facebook page, uh, on primalpotential.com, or you can email me anytime, elizabeth at primalpotential.com. I wanna know what your struggles are. I want to know what your struggles are, what questions you have. I'll answer them here on the show and we will make this year your best year starting right now. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love getting time to talk with you and until next time, stay healthy.